listening to the On Call Empath Show. All right, guys, we are back for another episode of the On Call Empath. I know we've been gone for a little bit, but today I have a very special guest, Dr. Rafa. Um, she is a licensed clinical psychologist um, who specializes in children and families. Today's episode, you guys definitely don't want to miss. We're going to be talking about personality disorder. I know that's something that I've been curious about, and I just wanted to bring Dr. Rafa on today to talk about that. Um, how are you doing today, Dr. Rafa? I'm doing great. How are you doing today? Not too bad. Not too bad. So just kind of uh, jumping into it, I mean, you started your practice in, uh, right mm -hmm. now you have three locations here in New Jersey and one in Philadelphia, and you're growing. Yeah. Um, what do you exactly specialize in other than the personality disorder? Well, right. So I started my solo practice back in 2009. And because um, there aren't too many child psychologists, you know, in my yeah. area, so I got very busy very quickly. So I expanded in um, becoming a group practice. So I I see adults as well, um, specialize with mood disorders, anxiety disorders. My primary approach is from a cognitive behavioral therapy approach. Sure. Um, so I implement that along with acceptance commitment therapy. I do see families and I do see children. And like you mentioned, uh, yeah, I see a lot of people with personality disorders as well. Yeah. And what kind of is interesting is you do CBT and you do EDMR, uh, MBSR. Um, so you've pretty much done all that. Is that all specialized training that you did after your, you know, went to schooling or how, did, how does that all work? Yeah, how that works is you become a licensed psychologist and you have to get continuing education credits. And I always have mm -hmm. interest in getting certifications and just expanding my clinical repertoire mm -hmm. and my knowledge. So, yeah, I got specialized certificates and training in all of those areas, too. Nice. Yeah. Well, let's just dive right into it. I know a lot of people that I've spoke to, um, you know, they're sometimes they're like, OK, this person has a personality disorder. This person doesn't. Mm -hmm. um, if you can just kind of put it out there for anyone that's listening, how do you kind of like, what are some of the red flags and what do you look for to diagnosing somebody with personality disorder? So a lot of people throw around the term, uh, specifically narcissism, um, very loosely, like, oh, he's such a narcissist. And there's a very big difference between someone who has selfishness or narcissistic traits versus a personality disorder. Personality disorder is, is pretty pathological. People don't really understand that. So the one red flag is they have a persistent um, pattern of interpersonal difficulties. So oftentimes, um, a borderline personality disorder is mistaken for bipolar. Same thing with narcissistic personality disorder. So when people come in, they'll say, oh, I was diagnosed with bipolar and my first my first red flag is, mm, I don't know if it's really that. Mm -hmm. um, the trigger for a personality disorders uh, episode is always interpersonal. It isn't just they wake up one morning and they're in a bad mood. It's always because of an interpersonal interaction. So that's one red flag. And a lot of drama, <laughs> a lot of like dramatic mood instability um, yeah. um, just throughout their life, you know, mm -hmm. and it's not curable. It's their personality. There's treatment, right. but it's not curable. So I know I hear a lot of people, um, I mean, obviously they're not therapists, but they'll be like, that person has a personality disorder or that person has bipolar mm -hmm. or, you know, so I know there's a thin line between those two. 
what would you say is like the biggest thing between personality disorder and bipolar disorder? What are some things that are different? Um, hmm. Well, I, you know, I said before, like with bipolar, it's organic. So mm-hmm. um, there's not like a, a t- typical trigger. Like it's just out of the blue, more or less, where someone with a personality disorder, you often hear people say they're like Jekyll and Hyde. Um, one thing about borderline personality disorder is that a borderline person will put that in their friend or their partner on a pedestal. They're amazing. They love them. They're so amazing. And then all of a sudden there's a a trigger of abandonment, whether it's real or imagined. Oh, you canceled my lunch date. You're horrible. You're terrible. And they can be very vindictive. Someone with bipolar most likely wouldn't react that way. Um, and again, bipolar, they, they have manic episodes where someone with personality disorder doesn't have a manic episode. So just kind of giving you a scenario here. I mean, I've dealt with all kinds of people. And just one thing that comes to my mind, just not too long ago, but like I remember talking to somebody, you know, just regularly over the phone. Sometimes when I catch them, they're really in a good mood. And other times they're very, like you said, vindictive. They'll They'll start blaming, they'll have mood swings. Um, so they're very hot and cold. So I don't know what I'm getting on the phone. Yeah. Um, in my head, I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'm thinking <laughs> this person has some issues. I just don't know what it is. But when somebody's up and down like that, where their mood, sometimes when you call them at a certain time and they're really, really happy, and then you call them at another time and they're, you could just tell in their voice, they're not. They're not really interested in what you have to say. They're in a really bad mood. They're very accusatory. Mm-hmm. Um, they're trying to get under your skin. It's mm-hmm. like, what happened? It's like, like you said, Jekyll and Hyde. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, when you're dealing with that type of person, um, is that like something that you can say, okay, this person has definitely XYZ going on? Like, what, what would you say? Because that seems to be a lot of people that have... That you've run into. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, it's really tricky. And um, we are trained as psychologists to really deal with this level of pathology. Yeah. Master's level clinicians can as well, but it's it's really hard sometimes to differentiate between a mood disorder like bipolar disorder and a personality Mm -hmm. disorder. What I generally do is kind of do like a like, okay, why is this person in a bad mood? Is it because of something, you know, minor? Is it because they, they broke up with their boyfriend? Is it because, like I said, they just perceived some abandonment, then that's usually an indication that there's a, like I said, a personality Uh disorder there. Um, And yeah, setting boundaries is very important for anybody that has a personality disorder, which they may not like. They may lash out and freak out, call you 20 times in a row, you know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So one, one thing that I am really like interested in, and I talk to a lot of my clients about, and issues that, that personally that I've went through is dealing with narcissists. You know, whether they're in a, you know, position of power or just dealing with like somebody that you're in a relationship with. Mm-hmm. Um, if somebody's a narcissist, can they can they have like traits of personality disorder or bipolarism or can it be like a mix of things? What is a typical narcissist typically have that we should look for? Right. So a narcissistic personality disorder is a personality disorder and they have to meet diagnostic criteria to uh, meet that personality disorder. People can have traits, but not necessarily full-blown narcissism. Um, Usually we look at it as a spectrum. 
And there's different subtypes of narcissists. There's a seductive type. There's a grandiose type. Mm -hmm. There's a vindictive type. There's a bullying, yep. aggressive type. There's a lot of different types. Um, it isn't just the Hollywood celebrity that loves themselves. Um, but the one thing they have in common is a sense of entitlement, sense of grandiosity, <laughs> and um, little empathy. Um, <laughs> at the end of the day, it always becomes about them. They have a deep level of uh, inferiority and shame. So they, you can, if they're embarrassed, if they're ashamed, they could lash out and they yeah. perceive the world in a very distorted way to be all about, yeah. them, you know, um, that's difficult, really sad, very, difficult. <laughs> very sad. The prognosis is yeah. very poor for NPD. They don't go yeah. to therapy very often. Well, yeah. Good luck getting a, a narcissist in, in oh, therapy. Yeah. Like now, I mean, yeah. usually they'll go if it's, they're in a relationship. Cause I've had a couple of people tell yeah. me where they force them to go. And then they somehow manipulate that as well. Yep. And, you know, you made me do this and yep. it, it becomes worse. It's worse. Um, they will come to therapy sometimes because of a marital or relationship issue. They're court ordered. The prognosis yeah. is very poor. There is one type of therapy that was uh, born from CBT called schema therapy. And that mm -hmm. is indicated for personality disorders. But again, most people aren't seeking treatment. Or they yeah. challenge the therapist, they challenge your credentials, they don't want to have any kind of introspection, you know, because they're sure. too vulnerable. So, um, um, yeah, so those are typical red flags for, for a narcissist, for sure. Have you ever had people that come to your practice that you've helped that say, you know, I have nurse, you know, I have personality disorder, or is that something that you diagnose in session and then they, they, they're like shocked, like, oh, really? Like, yeah, um, not narcissism. No, we diagnose that. And then we may or may not tell the person. It depends. Uh, borderline personality disorder. Sometimes people come in with a diagnosis if they've gone through inpatient or intensive outpatient treatment. They're aware of it. Mm -hmm. I've diagnosed obsessive compulsive personality disorder, borderline as well. Um, so sometimes it's a mixed bag. Sometimes they know and other times they have no clue because they've been misdiagnosed for many, many years. You know? And these individuals, yeah. by the way, are fire their therapist constantly. They're in and <laughs> So when they call and say, oh, I haven't found the right therapist, I'm like, hmm, <laughs> okay. You've got yeah, issues. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, I've, I've heard that a lot too. And so as you know, like a lot of people that tune in to the on-call empath, um, many of them are living with abusive people. Uh, they're in uh, dead-end relationships where they're trapped. They're in toxic relationships. Um, so let me ask you this. Um, say I come to you and I'm like, hey, I'm living with someone that I think that is, you know, that has personality disorder. Um, what does someone do to protect themselves, especially if they're like an empath like, like mm -hmm. myself or someone that's mm -hmm. listening? Yeah. Um, well, most of the people that I end up seeing are the, the individuals that are in a relationship with a narcissist or personality disorder individual. They're codependent, perhaps. And I help work with them about they have a few choices, like accept that this is how this person is and how you can set limits and boundaries and know that the other person is not going to change or helping them to make a decision to leave. I never tell anybody what they should or shouldn't do, but I can help them see because I know from experience personally and professionally, you're in that relationship and you're gaslit all the time. And you really mm -hmm. do have empathy for that person. 
especially if you've been with that person a very long time, because you know their, their demons and their trauma. So it's helping people get some perspective and some distance from that abusive relationship because they may minimize it. Oh, that's just how he talks to me or she talks to me. And they don't realize that that's abusive. Yeah. And I mean, as you know, like I come from a different culture, so I mean, it's widely accepted, like, you know, just Mm -hmm. to kind of, when, you know, you, you talk about something that's maybe out of the norm and then they just kind of normalize it. Mm -hmm. Um, How would you say like culture impacts like therapy and clients behavior in your opinion? Yeah, uh, a significant amount. People form their beliefs based on their family members' beliefs, you know, and their cultural beliefs. So that's tricky sometimes. And I always have to respect people's cultural background, mm-hmm. you know, but that could influence like maybe a certain culture doesn't believe in divorce, like ever. Like, oh, yeah. Stay with this person because. No matter what they do to you. No matter what they do, or it's not that bad. They're not physically yeah. abusive, they're emotionally abusive. Sure. Um, so helping people to kind of navigate you know, like their family's beliefs versus their own beliefs. Um, and they might have to make some tough decisions to be assertive and their family might be upset with them about that. You know? Yeah. It, it gets really pretty ugly when, you know, especially when you have cultural norms and stuff like that, cause you, you can't leave. You just kind of have to like put up with it because that's what the culture believes kind of. Yeah, and I've had people that have had to sever relationships with their parents because their parents had diverse beliefs, and that's very painful for them. Mm-hmm. They've had to do that, um, you know, and I help support them through that as well. Yeah. So in your practice, um, what are some of, the, like, the hard cases that that you've mm-hmm. come across? Bees, yeah. Personality disorders. Uh, someone who had, someone can actually have borderline personality disorder and bipolar. <laughs> and that's... Double whammy, right? Double whammy. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, Those are the most difficult. I used to take court ordered cases. I don't anymore. They're really difficult. Parent alienation, divorce cases, like with the courts, it's just too difficult. I used to do parent coordination. That was very, very difficult. Um, So I would say these, uh, I do work with trauma. Like you mentioned, I do EMDR. Those can be difficult. Um, EMDR works amazingly. So does prolonged exposure. Um, so those are difficult, but I would say the personality disorders are the most difficult because we often have to mm-hmm. fire them. We often have to set limits. They threaten to go to the board. They threaten to call, you know, to go to the news media. I've had to call the police on people before. Wow. Yeah. Like A dangerous it, job. <laughs> it can be. Yeah. Yeah. I know the local cops are helpful. <laughs> But we've had to do that, you know, like I have that going on right now with one of my staff, um, one a borderline threatened to call the board. So we're going to have to deal with that, you know, so. Yeah, it just seems or, like the triggering part is, is like really right there. Like if you don't want to get on their bad side because usually yeah. they want to re- retaliate in some way. Maybe it's not violence. Oh, yeah. Maybe attack your character or something. Yeah, like go on Google Google Business and attack. And oftentimes yeah. it's it's over a minor transgression. Like I changed your yeah. appointment or I charged you a no show fee or I can't <laughs> I can't answer your email right away because I'm with other people. Like and that's kind right. of an indication too that it's an unwarranted emotional response. It's like this yeah. person's freaking out over something that is most of us would believe is is okay. You know. So if you can just kind of changing gears here, if you can kind of break down the type of therapy that you use on patients, let's say that is, you know, that does have personality disorder, 
uh, or trauma, what are some of the steps if you can kind of walk us through that? Um, so like I mentioned, the cognitive behavioral therapy can be used for people with personality disorders. And um, the best way to use that is to help people to see the consequences of their actions. There's also a therapy called DBT, which is dialectical mm-hmm. behavioral therapy, and that's specifically created for borderline personality disorder. And in that, it's helping people develop into personal effectiveness and know that their beliefs are perhaps faulty. Like, okay, maybe this person doesn't hate you because they canceled your dinner date. Like, let's think of it another way. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, modeling good boundary setting in the therapy so that they could, you know, often use that with other people as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Some crisis management is in there too, but it's a lot of um, changing the way people think, you know, um, in order to help Mm -hmm. them behave differently. So one thing that, that I find interesting is um, I know with some families, it goes in generations back. Um, how much is it in it? Is it environmental versus like something that's genetic mm-hmm. through the family lines? Does it have to be a force of both in the person? How does someone develop these types okay. of these disorders? We believe that it's a combination. It's not like a guarantee if someone has trauma that they're going to develop a personality disorder, but it's it's one of those like, well, a lot of people who have a personality disorder has trauma in their history, like borderline uh-huh. personality disorder most of the time does. With narcissism, um, it, both of them run in families, genetics, there's genetics that are there. Um, it could be an actual trauma or a person with trauma. It could be that the person was the golden child in the family and their parents spoiled them and they became entitled because of that, you know. So there was that environmental plus there might be a genetic factor. Um, The, by the way, the therapy for trauma is EMDR, you know, um, and uh, exposure and response prevention and prolonged exposure. So exposing to triggers, exposing to things that people are scared about Mm -hmm. and helping them overcome their fear is important. Sure. But yeah, we, we look at it as kind of nature and nurture, like combined, not just one. <laughs> not one factor, which is mm-hmm. very interesting because you wonder, you know, where, where does it come from? Especially with narcissism. I know that's a very, you know, mm-hmm. uh, popular topic nowadays. Cause I just feel like there's a big population of people that are narcissists that are going on undiagnosed. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously they're not going to come and see you. Um, so if somebody's living with somebody who, you know, who is a narcissist or has personality disorder, um, and they love them, when you get to that sort of uh, dynamics where they can't leave them because they're maybe trauma bonded to them or connected to them financially or married to them in a relationship, what, what are some... I guess, what are some things that, I mean, you can kind of suggest for somebody that's listening out there? Because I know that a lot of people that tune in and a lot of people that I help myself are living with toxic people and and they have all kinds of issues, but they can't sever that tie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're stuck in that cycle. It kind of reminds me sometimes as a cult, like you're really brainwashed in this cult with this person. So my advice is one is to identify, work with a therapist, you know, go to therapy, identify um, the issue, you know, having insight into the problem. Hope is so important, you know, and I I definitely know for sure that 
you could leave. You could leave people that are toxic for you. You can find right. new people in your life. You may have to do things that are uncomfortable, such as get a restraining order, such as yeah. go to the police or get the get the law involved. And it's mm -hmm. scary, but you may have to sever that person out of your life, even if you have a child, even if you're financially mm -hmm. tied. But you know, my biggest advice is you don't have these. You don't have to be stuck with that person mm -hmm. forever. Like it's not your a lot in life, you know, but the first step is helping people have the courage, you know, to leave because they're often really scared. And sometimes individuals are very scary and threatening and violent. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that seems to be like the main thing is like, if I leave, then if he'll do this or she'll do this or there'll be a backlash, there's always something that they'll try to escalate. Absolutely. Maybe try to ruin your reputation or maybe not physically harm you. But, but these are some of the, some real concerns. And um, so if anyone's listening out there, there is definitely hope. Obviously, there is. And there, right. I'm sorry to interrupt. And there might be a period of time where it's really bad. And what, what's most difficult are people who are married and have to parent a child because yeah. personality disorder, specifically narcissism, they will alienate that child against the other parent. And say that the other parent did awful yeah. things to them and twisted around. Mom or dad hurt me. They left that. me. Yeah. They stole money from me. Like they will say whatever to get that yeah. child. And I've had so many cases like that. And it's so heartbreaking. And I just tell the parents, just hang on. Just wait. The kid will grow up. <laughs> and I've seen really good cases where yeah. it has happened. Where a, a parent didn't speak to his daughter for years and i just kept telling them just keep it up don't push custody it'll be okay and he now has a relationship with her because she's a you know yeah. a college age kid so it get yeah. you have to endure the you know the heartache to get through that and not be afraid because yeah they could lash out ruin your reputation but you sometimes have to do things to protect yourself for sure yeah that's that's one thing um is very tragic because some some people don't catch it when they're young. Yeah. One parent pins the other um, that paints the other parent as like evil or malicious, and then when mm -hmm. they grow up, they end up hating that parent. Yeah. Um, and then the cycle continues for generations, and and you have somebody that, like you said, goes into a personality disorder or trauma or mm -hmm. things develop from that. Yeah. And they believe the lies. They believe the delusions, even if they're just so unfounded, you know, and yeah. if the other targeted parent really has not, it doesn't really have a lot of recourse. You just hope that the child will eventually change their thinking and see the other parent for who he or she is, you know, um, yeah. and so painful, very painful to have to sit through that. But um, yeah, I've seen, like I said, I've seen some positive cases where it's worked out well. Um, mm -hmm. And like, you know, People will stay because of fear, unfortunately. They'll stay in toxic yeah. relationships. Yeah. Well, just wrapping up here, I'm just going to kind of give you the last word. I know mm -hmm. there's a lot of people listening to this episode. And one of the things, um, you know, let's say someone's listening and they're, they are in a situation where they're living with somebody with XYZ. You know, it doesn't yeah. have to be personality disorder. It could be narcissism or whatnot. And they're they're trying to get out, but they can't, and they keep going in this circle. What are some things um, that you can kind of let them know right now that they can start using right after this podcast to kind of give them hope and, and just kind of do what you do best? 
<laughs> right. Well, definitely not isolate. Tell people it's not a secret. Like tell people what's going on. Get some reality testing with friends or family. Oftentimes okay. someone in an abusive relationship will will isolate the victim, not want them to tell anybody, but just have a voice, tell somebody. Definitely get into therapy. Um sure. and you know, uh, there's tons of books out there. I have lots of recommendations for personality disorder books. Um, yeah. The Narcissist You Know, <laughs> um, this, uh, Sociopath Next Door is another book, Wizard of Oz, another Narcissist. Yeah. Um, walking on Egg, Stop Walking on Eggshells is another one. So there's a lot of guidance out there other than just Google, you know, that they sure. can search. But it's really, you need the help of a professional to, mm. to get through that and not keep it a secret because people will be ashamed about it and keep it a secret. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you guys that are listening, make sure you reach out. You have a good support group. And just like Dr. Rafa said, don't keep it in because that's just going to build over time and it's, it's going to implode eventually. And, yeah, and it's going to hurt that person. Leave. Yep. It's going to hurt that person. And it just gets harder and harder to leave, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> very interesting stuff and i'm sure like your job can be very stressful at times and it's definitely not easy especially when something goes the other way and you have to kind of watch your back and that could be very stressful on anyone but um you're doing a great job you've been uh doing it for almost 20 over 20 years so keep doing <laughs> what you're doing um where can we find you do you have a website or uh instagram that you'd like to mention yeah, absolutely. Um, so my practice is Inner Balance Psychology, so www.innerbalancepsychology.com. I also have my own podcast that I started a few months ago talk, called nice. talk, Yeah, thanks. Called Talk Therapy CBT. My co-host okay. and I are on our we'll be on our 10th episode, so we're, we're new. And that's available on Spotify, on Apple, uh, Pandora, um, Great. Amazon, everywhere. So yeah, our website, we, I do have an Instagram and same thing, innerbalancepsychology.com, uh, innerbalancepsychology, sorry. And, uh, also Facebook. So you can check us out there, social media posts and a monthly newsletter as well. Yeah. I mean, definitely anyone that's listening, um, you know, this is obviously not medical advice. Definitely see a therapist in your area, reach out to somebody. You can go online, put in your zip code and find somebody there. Um, or if you live in New Jersey, de- definitely check. Dr. Rafa out. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if you're familiar, by the way, with Psychology Today. So Psychology Today is yeah. one of the best resources for people to find a therapist in their area. There's a bio on there. You can read about people's backgrounds. You can contact yeah. them. And there's a lot of therapists right now that are offering telehealth. So help is yeah. out there. Help is definitely out there. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Well, keep doing what you're doing. You're always welcome back. So thank you. Thanks so much. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, guys, that does it for this episode. Uh, Definitely leave in the comments, you know, if you have any stories you'd like to share or any of your experiences, I'd love to hear from you. So stay tuned for the next episode. We're getting closer to that 100th episode. I'm super excited. Uh, Thank you guys for all your love and support. And we are out. You're listening to the On Call Impact.